The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Welcome back to the Pinball Show. We're in episode 11. We are your hosts, Zach Minnie, and my buddy Dennis Creasel from the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. How the hell are you been? I'm great, Zach. How, how have you been? Are you ready for an exciting week of pinball news and drama? Are you ready, Zach? Isn't this what you want? Have you caught an illness? You sound too chipper. No, we're recording so we're recording so late in the morning. I'm awake now. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, it's funny. Look, I'm, I run a little behind every single episode. Every single episode. And I let you pick the time. I let you pick. And then I, I let know. you push it back even further. I know. And then you're still late. And I was I was going to be five minutes late. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm going to hear that. I thought, this is with Zach. I'm not oh. going to know. I'm not in my chair until 9.35. Yeah, listener, know that every single week I ask and request an extension for the start time. <laughs> Dennis becomes perturbed but still lets it go and it's probably why we're down to two founders of the pinball network (laughs) i'm i'm a planner zach i i just like to follow the plan i'm a builder i'm a creator and it's hard for me to stop creating to record i want to include it all me and my my time are not your clay oh can i mold you (laughs) it's not ghost i'm not you're not my whoopee would I be the Whoopi, or would I be I the know. Demi Moore? <laughs> you you can maybe you're you are the pot that is being made. Oh no! Was it a, a vase? I don't know. Yeah, what it, it was, was like a vase. Do you say vase or vase? Uh, a vase is a vase that costs over a thousand dollars. I was gonna ask: Is it pretentious to say vase? And you just it answered is, it. But but I think you can do it as long as it costs a lot. I think, I think it becomes it's a vase. Difference between chase and ch- chaz. Right. Well, it's like uh, caramel versus caramel. Oh, watch out there! There's some fights that have brewed because of that argument. Do you say caramel or caramel? I usually say caramel. I do too. Caramel. Nah, sometimes like caramel corn. Uh, depends on what party I'm with. I I suppose I say thrice. Do you say thrice? Okay. Uh, I have, I, I can't say I use it the majority of the time. I'm talking about three things. You know, I don't know how to say the, uh, how did the use of nor, I don't know how to, to use nor, neither, nor either, or neither, nor I was, I used it. And then in my dissertation, they were like, no, get rid of nor. And I'm like, well, nor's a a word. Well, I think the problem with like thinking neither nor is that's like a double negative. So Mm -hmm. You could just use nor if you're saying that too. Like, I didn't go to the store nor to the theater. Hmm. I didn't go to either place. But you can still say or there too, right? You could, which Hmm. is probably why they told you to get out of your other thesis. I know, right? And then they they Hmm. switched my also. You know, the use of the word also often, for the majority of people, they use it incorrectly. The the where it's planted into the sentence also goes before anything. Well, I struggle with language, so no, I probably don't know most of these things. Hmm. I'm amazed I can speak. Also, in news, what have you been up to lately? Uh, COVID. So. Oh God, still this COVID. I felt. That's, I yeah. feel like my my uh, my bromance, my man crush, Dennis Creasel, is being pulled away from me by this nasty virus. 
Well, everyone's been pretty disrupted by it in varying degrees, so that should probably feel true for just about every relationship you have. I sit at home, Dennis, late into the night, drunk off of Pepsi, listening to Roy Orbison and thinking about you, crying over you, crying That's such a good song. I'm crying over you, Dennis. I'm I'm concerned about the level of singing that I think has been exponentially increasing as more and more people have left TPN. Oh, you think there's it a correlation there? It seems like there's a mathematical there. equation to it. Well, yeah, it's not exponential, but it's there's something going on. I got your polynomial right here. You ready to talk some pinball news? <laughs> what news? Go ahead. <laughs> Let's turn it over to our TPN correspondents for this week's lineup of pinball news. Let's do it. I was way too enthused. Holy shit, don't keep that in. Cut that out. It's time for TPN Industry News. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Butch Peel, pinball tech and customer support person, is no longer with Jersey Jack Pinball, as first reported by Canada's Pinball Podcast. Butch has been with Jack since the beginning and he's known for his well-written manuals, which are some of the best in the industry, video deep dives into Jersey Jack games that detail the engineering behind the machines, and most of all for his technical skills and great customer support. Butch has also traveled to many shows over the years, meeting Jersey Jack customers, performing seminars, and generally talking pinball. There are many stories posted on Pinside about how Butch went above and beyond to help customers with their technical issues. It's clear that he'll be missed. Jersey Jack continues to work on its new facility and it's ready to start rolling as soon as Illinois relaxes its stay-at-home orders. For the Pinball Show, this has been Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Hey, this is Kaz with an American Pinball update. With manufacturing still shut down, Work continues on the programming side, as code updates for Oktoberfest and Houdini will be available very soon. And on the latest super awesome pinball show, the guys interviewed Josh Kugler and Joe Balser. It was a great interview. If you haven't heard it, go check that out. Josh, along with Joe Schober, is finishing up code for Hot Wheels, while Joe is working on game number four. Will it be one of the rumored titles of Sherlock Holmes, Poker Run, Robin Hood, Valkyries? Hopefully, manufacturing will begin very soon so that Hot Wheels will be rolling off the assembly line. For the Pinball Show, this is Brian Cosmer. The stern rumor mill comes out of quarantine. Hey everyone, Craig here again, the Pinball Show's stern news correspondent. Well, rumors galore this week as pent-up pinheads scour the interwebs in search of nuggets of pinball news in a world dominated by paralyzing pandemic headlines. So before you head out for your daily family outing to the local McDonald's drive-thru, this just in, courtesy of Zach Manny's Homie Gomi, Stern's George Gomez, pinball executive, designer, and renaissance man extraordinaire, gave starving pinheads everywhere a little Easter egg this past week. That's right, shortly after a Zoom meeting with Stern's internal design team this past Tuesday, George posted a screen grab on Facebook showing images of the 16 employees who are all hard at work and on the video call. Who else can be seen on the call? Well, none other than Stern's lead developer, Dwight Sullivan, who, if you look closely at his headshot, can be seen with what looks like a tiny sliver of a yet unconfirmed reddish-pink pinball translight in the background, 
barely showing the green radioactive tea from, yes, you guessed it, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles logo. Mind blown. And if that wasn't enough to get your pinball juices flowing, there were new Lord of the Ring vault rumors this week, courtesy of Canada's Pinball Podcast and Liar Rajwan, pinball modder, artist, and designer extraordinaire via Lior's Instagram page. Both TMNT and LOTR photos touched off waves of pinside and podcast pontificating that either title could be first up on the stern post-pandemic production line. But we shall wait and see. For The Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Always great to hear from the correspondents. Let's dive into a, oh yeah, that's right, you hear the music, a little Turtle Gate 2020. Would you, uh, would you hide in a shell, Dennis? In a half shell. Turtle, turtle power, power, man. Did you grow up with the turtles? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're Yeah, you're I remember the early age. video games, uh, watched the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the comics. So I didn't know there were comics for years and years, not till I was all grown up. Yeah. And I've never read them. But I guess it started as a spoof. We heard our own Stern correspondent, Craig Bobby. Talk- I love Craig Bobby's segments. We- I know you do. <laughs> it puts a smile on my face. Is it just me, Zach? Or is he becoming more Craig Bobby every <laughs> correspondent recording? He's becoming more Craigy. Yes, more Craigy. Uh, if, you were, if you were part of the, uh, the world of turtle power, do you think you'd be Splinter? Or you'd be Shredder? You'd be Crane, wouldn't you? <laughs> no. No. Maybe, Maybe Bebop. Really? You're not mad? Yeah, probably not. With jazz music? Yeah. Maybe I'd be the Ooze. If you were the, if you were a Ninja Turtle, you'd be Donatello, correct? I mean, that's factually the, correct. You pick the nerdy one. Well, I, I, When I was a kid, my favorite was Raphael. The strong he didn't play by leader. the rules. Yeah. They all like pizza. Anchovies on they their do. pizza. <laughs> You're probably but similar I, in that but regard. But Michelangelo, I never liked. Way is so obnoxious. Really? I really kind of. Uh, kind oh, of, you identify with the. Yeah, I kind of identified dude. with yeah, him. Yeah, big, big shock. Yeah, not really a Raphael kind of guy. Maybe a little Leonardo. Yeah, I know. Possibly. The burdens of leadership are overrated. So Stern recently did, I guess, a Zoom meeting. And we see the corner of what appears to be a graphic for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the background of Dwight Sullivan's look like basement. Mm. So you've seen his basement before. You're you're acquainted with the basement stylings of Mr. Sullivan. Well, I mean, last time I was there, there was a basket lowered down, and all I hear was in Portugal Ocean on it. <laughs> I was like, Dwight. <laughs> yes, it puts the lotion on its skin, or else it gets my light show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just because I don't like Game of Thrones doesn't mean I don't love Star Wars. Come on, Dwight, let me up. <laughs> no, but he was. We saw that. Was it a poster? Was it the 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 head of a back box? It kind of looked like a poster to me. But yeah, me too. You know, it was only a corner. And you know, Stern historically has been pretty strategic with releasing images that let you kind of see stuff. So, so, do you think this was strategic? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. The, it's one screenshot of 16 that they had every opportunity to review and decide. They could have cropped or just mm. said, we're, we're not doing that shot or we're going to take a photo. Hey, Dwight, can you reach up and tap your webcam over, uh, you know, half an inch to the to the right mm-hmm. so that we, it comes out mm-hmm. on the off of the, it depends if it, I guess he was in mirror mode or not. But 
you know, it would have been easy. It would have been easy for them to adjust from that. Do you and think this? So, do you think yeah, this think then infers that they are making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine? Uh, yes. Okay. Surprising no one. Okay. All right. And he would, I guess, I assume he'd be doing code. I think it's part of, yeah, I do. And I think it's just part of that standard uh, ramp up that we see when Stern gets ready to launch this, the teaser trailer. Mm. I think they tend to let little things for the fans slip out unofficially, officially. Do you think this is a good marketing strategy? I, it's, I think it's irrelevant. Because really? I think everyone who, who this is targeted to already knows that Turtles is coming. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I could see this. I still seen comments online of, of shock. I still seen individuals who uh, follow pinball that, oh, Dwight's doing the code. Oh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, I was also very surprised by a lot of people not, uh, not being that excited about the license. I thought it was kind of a dynamite license if it is rumored to be true, especially if it is the nostalgia of the, the 80s, 90s Turtles. I don't know what to make of this. It didn't look like a back box to me. If I'm going to nerd out for you listeners, can't be a back box, the side of a back box, because the the placement of the TU scale-wise would not even come close to even getting the second T on a back box. So it wasn't that. Um, maybe, if it is true that they are doing turtles, maybe it was just the stern banner that they that they do. I love those stern banners. Maybe it was just that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could. I've, I've never really looked at the banners much, so... I love them. I'll send you one. No, I don't. Where would I put it? Uh, by your neon. <laughs> no, nothing goes. Nothing goes by oh. the neon, Zach. Nothing goes by the neon. There's no room between. There's windows there. After you don't want me to block my windows. Actually, I need some shades or something. There you windows. go. We'll get some stern banners to block the. Get me some stern Venetian blind size for those little dinky That's burglar right. sized windows. Uh-huh. A burglar-sized <laughs> Well, because the, the burglar or burglars came through one of them. I still love that name. All right, so we, we get a hint, maybe, possibly, about a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's also, in the background, a, another machine they were working on that people were speculating maybe was the heavy metal. It looked odd. The display looked, I don't know, it looked like a test setup to me, so I'm not making much of that. Um, I think that Stern's next release game, we would have seen it by now, hadn't it? had it not been for all this COVID stuff. So they are probably primed for their next game, if I had to guess. And maybe it is Turtles. Maybe it is. As a distributor, I sure as hell hope it is, because if I've got a killer license like that in theme, I've got Dwight Sullivan code. I've got the rumors John Borg doing layout, uh, the rumors Zombie Yeti doing art packages. We know that at this point in time, Zombie Yeti artwork sells pinball machines so as a distributor i'm looking forward to this as a collector i'm looking forward to this i can't think of anything bad some of my favorite games ever made by stern pinball are coded by dwight sullivan so uh, this makes me happy do you think that this purported yeti borg sullivan combo with a turtles license gives more sales than stranger things well that's i don't know that's why I'm asking for speculation. Uh, at this point in the Stranger Things pre-reveal, I think the hype was really strong because we were hearing rumors of Stranger Things, Killer License, Brian Eddy's return, Killer Designer, what's he got up his sleeve. Uh, we didn't know much about any artist or coder or anything. We thought if Brian Eddy was involved, he would be working on some of the coding aspects 
uh, as he's done in the past at Bally Williams. So I would say it's probably similar. I don't think so. But that's not all Stranger Things' fault. I think that the problem has been, again, because of the shutdown and everything. Uh, and you know how hype wanes in this hobby. I think there were people that would have probably bought a Stranger Things who have not and now will not. Hmm. And they'll just wait for the next game. And that could help Turtles out in terms of Turtle sales. But it may end up meaning Stranger Things is, ends up performing less well than Stern thought it would. Even though it was I could see that. It was a kill. Uh, I've heard really good things uh, about... Uh, Operators noting how it was performing on location. I've heard that but as well. With all this information about, I don't know if you've watched any, there's a thread on Pinside uh, where arcade operators are talking about next steps on reopening. It's bleak. Yeah, it's not looking good. they're talking about six foot distances and, you know, games are usually in rows. Yeah. And how are they going to sterilize? And are they going to let people put uh, cleaners on the games? And if not, then the facility has to, it's like location pinball is probably significantly degraded for at least another 12 months. That's my guess. I don't, I don't, that hurts. That hurts stranger things. I think it's a good argument to make. You guys can also go listen to uh, the most recent podcast by loser kid pinball podcast. They had Roger sharp on. And if anybody has some prognostication powers, it's that man. And he had some of the same sentiments uh, when he was discussing it with the guy. I only just started the first episode of that uh, today when I was, getting groceries so i'm not that far along yet to hear his prognostications yeah so we'll hear we'll probably hear a lot of home sales going forward maybe an increased focus on home sales uh, and marketing of some of these manufacturers as craig bobby always says we'll just have to wait and see now you didn't have to wait and see you could uh, stop sit and listen to the super awesome pinball show with hosts christopher franchi ed vanderveen and dr christian line on their most recent podcast, there was some nuggets in there that I thought are worth repeating here. Um, Chris Franchi, the artist of the Beatles pinball machine by Kapow and Stern pinball collaboration a year and a half or so ago, said that the Beatles pin was actually a choice that they had to make. It wasn't this Ed Sullivan only theming. Um, they had the choice, Dennis, to make a yellow submarine rendition Instead of that old 64 Ed Sullivan early Beatles, do you think they made the right mm. decision? I mean, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but do you think they made the right decision? Uh, it's a tough one. It is, because uh, I, I thought that other than, I was never a huge fan of the Beatles color scheme, but mm-hmm. the art on it looks good. It's gorgeous. I... Uh, I know some people really think Yellow Submarine is a better look, but I always just associate it with the cartoon. Yeah. I mean, I want to pick because I don't want to seem like I'm hedging. So I guess I'll say, yeah, I think Ed Sullivan was probably the right answer. I think it was the safer pick. Hmm. I I don't think it's I don't think it's polarizing to go with Ed Sullivan Beatles, and perhaps you would have polarized a little bit with Yellow Submarine. Uh, what songs end up in the game, I think, was actually more important than which era of mm. art you went with. And that might but, that might hedge towards Yellow Submarine. And it could. It could. But again, I think people are more like, you know, Strawberry Fields Forever or some of the really late stuff yeah. where they got all, very technical on what they were like. At the time, I believe, uh, with Strawberry Fields, for example, that was like the full capabilities of what could be done yes. in a studio technologically. They got a little acidy. Yeah, yeah, but and that's LSD. where the controversy comes in uh, as well. So yeah, I think I think Ed Sullivan was the was the right play with that. It was a limited run, 
So it was, yeah, it it's not be. it's not like oh, but they could have sold two thousand yellow. So you know they weren't going to sell two thousand of anything. They chose not to. So mm-hmm. in a way, yeah. I I agree with you. I think that this was the right choice selfishly as a hobbyist. I think it uh, represented the brand better. The, the the only draw for me is the music. I like the earlier Beatles stuff. I do like the Yellow Sub- Submarine era uh, of Beatles music. So that that's a that that's a tough one for me. But the art, uh, the different colors that could be utilized, the and if you're doing if they were stuck on doing that sea witch layout, which I believe they probably would be prior to picking the type of theme within the theme, um, I think the Ed Sullivan and early Beatles better matches. Uh, with that style of playing field and rules, etc. Yeah, no, I I think that the the era went very well with that Sea Witch style uh, layout, and uh, and at this point, you know, one of those instances where maybe the art got a lot of initial attention, but I think most of the desire around Beatles now is actually around the design. Mm-hmm. So, yep, the design of the game at this Just stage, so. so terrifically designed. The Super Awesome Pinball Show also interviewed Joe Hallow, Balser designer over at American Pinball, as well as coder Josh J. Coog Kugler. Now, those uh, those nicknames, pet names, are those are mine, Dennis. Sorry about that. No, what a shock. American Pinball, apparently, I didn't, uh, didn't know this was public, but the guys over there at American Pinball said that they implied that Roger Sharp was helping with the licensing of Hot Wheels, the upcoming third game by American Pinball. Not surprising. Roger uh, contracts out and jumps here and there, but I, d- I didn't know if that was a public, publicly known thing about Roger Sharp helping with the licensing. I, ha- I hadn't heard it before. Yeah. Uh, American Pinball also chose the Hot Wheels YouTube series as the storyline. That was somewhat surprising. They were talking about... I already knew that. Okay, they were talking about the content of what story are we going to tell, what is going to transpire in this pinball machine, how are we going to represent the Hot Wheels brand, license, environment, world, etc. And they stumbled across the newer YouTube series of Hot Wheels, and they thought it was catchy, they thought it was funny, uh, they thought it was entertaining, so they asked Hot Wheels if they could utilize that series, and they said, yeah, roll with that. So they rolled with that, and you're going to hear a lot of the storyline of the new Hot Wheels pinball machine based on that YouTube series. Hmm. Now, I don't, hmm, I'll have to play the game. Either it was a really good idea or just not so good of an idea. Well, you mean the YouTube aspect? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I the, my biggest concern when I heard about Hot Wheels as the next rumored title was, on the nostalgia front, the problem I have with Hot Wheels is there's no story to it. It's not True. like Turtles or Ghostbusters or anything. You know, most of those things that we do nostalgic, aside from bands where you're in love with the songs and the memories those evoke, is you're remembering characters and stories mm-hmm. and and that you is identify what with the them. licenses appeal to. That's why people want another Back to the Future. It's why they want another Turtles is they're in love with the story. There is no story in Hot Wheels. But Mm -hmm. going with the YouTube series gives them a story. So I think it put... They need a storyline. It can't just be go around and drive a bunch of cars. Otherwise, it's Mustang. Well... But I think this is a great shooter and good rules, but there ain't no story there. I think ACDC did fine. I think Metallica did fine. I said music pins were an exception. Because you have your own memories, your own storyline that are evoked when you hear songs from the past. Well, then you could argue that you have your own memories evoked from Hot Wheels, the cars. 
You you could argue that, but it's not the it's not remotely the same. You you may argue it, but yeah. people don't feel it's like me like when people say He Man, I think of the cartoon. I don't think about the experience I had playing with my He Man toys in the yard, and then my dog took and ate them. Mm, I think you're that, argu- that's like third or fourth in the I think list. Your argument was stronger before you made that point. No, no. It's it's not. I'm it's not, not. I'm not going to argue it though because I think me I as think kid right. play with toys. If, right. if that was if that's the case, then Tonka dump trucks should be like a, this kick ass <laughs> theme. <laughs> that's right. Because I played the hell with my dump trucks. Yeah, but moving dirt around. The difference being, He Man has a character that you can identify with. Yeah, yeah, but it's the show that. Yeah, that's that, right. The and that's what everyone's like. Oh yeah, it's the... gotta be. It's gotta be about the show. It can't be about the toy. It's gotta be about the show. And all we who grew up with Hot Wheels back in yesteryear had were the toys. Okay. But that they have a story now puts the license. I think it puts it in a stronger position. The only issue would be whether or not the YouTube series is popular, because if their plan is to get this on a route, and people know that series, it's going to help. It's not going to help someone like me. Because I have no nostalgia to the story. It's yeah. too new. Yeah. It's just too new. So uh, Dialed In had a story too. Yeah, but we didn't have any uh, touchstone experience as kids to it. No. Or as adults. Similar to October You can do Fest, modern yeah. stuff like Game of Thrones. Hit show. People are like, oh, I love the characters. I love the story. I love the arcs. Mm-hmm. That's why some people were drawn to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Even with the art package it had. And that's some of the criticisms we hear about Jurassic Park. You get the main music, you get the dinosaurs, but you don't get that story that you're so used to, that you grew up with. Eh, Talking about art on Hot Wheels, the fellas said that Jeff Bush, uh, he was the artist on this, as he was with Houdini and Oktoberfest. Former Sega artist, isn't he? Ooh, I think you're right. I think, I think right. he was with Sega. He, yeah, he's done some work in the past uh, in pinball. I know that, and I think you're right. Um, but he is no longer a full-time employee at American Pinball. He's rather a contract employee. They said it just makes more sense um, because of the timetable on these releases. You don't need a full-time artist. Um, but they said that Mattel was very, very particular about the artwork, and rightfully so. Jeff Bush attempted to use a style guide or the style guide given to him and stay true to the intellectual property of Mattel's Hot Wheels. That's a scary, a scary to hear. What, what part? The style guide or that he's a contractor? The style guide and no, I think the contract, look, that's what everybody does for their artists. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I mean, but that's the, Zombie Yeti. Yeah, that's yeah. Franchi. That's, that's everybody. Donnie. But the, the style guide worries me and trying to stay true to the IP. Why, why does the style guide... Of course they had a style guide. It's Hot Wheels. It's got to look like Hot Wheels. And they were discussing like... They were getting kicked back sometimes like, oh, I'm not sure that this fantasy car would do that or this angle. I'm not sure it's been at this angle before. That sounds pretty picky. I'm just afraid okay. he goes I've too... I've not heard this episode yet, yeah. so... I'm, I'm afraid he goes too safe. I don't know, but I will say that the art, I art thought looks it looked good. fine. Yeah, art looks pretty good. I thought it looked fine, and um, it's colorful. Looks good. Yeah, I, I thought it looked like Hot Wheels, and again, it's not like there's a story with a bunch of characters. So does it? Does it's it? Like, scream? That doesn't look at all like Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray isn't the Hot Wheels Phantom. Does it scream award-winning art? Eh, I need to take another look, but probably not. Probably not. 
they also talked about the aim of Hot Wheels being for locations, operators, entertainment centers. This comes as no surprise to people like us, Dennis, because we've been talking about this. They lowered the bomb on it. They lowered the pricing on it. Um, Joe Balser said he would he loves packing and filling out games. That's one of his favorite things to do. And history uh, supports his desire to do that because he has some very packed games. Think of Wizard of Oz, thinking thinking of uh, the Simpsons Pinball Party. He packs games down. Even even uh, Oktoberfest, Houdini, he packs them down. But he said this one, their aim was actually for locations, entertainment centers, etc., um, and not so much the collectors. Not that they don't want the collectors playing them and buying them. Does that worry you at all as a collector, as a player? As a, I mean, well, you're not. Right. I mean, uh, you I'm are not the target yeah. market for them yeah. anyway. So, in that front, no, it doesn't. Unfortunately, with the COVID stuff, yeah, I, it's I bad do timing. worry that had that not been in play, I think this was the right move for them because they clearly are not penetrating the collector market well enough. So they need to change something. But, and maybe uh, that strategy would have been to change the games, but still target the collectors because I think that's the deeper market. But. Uh, I think that it makes sense for them to go ahead and try and do something more location friendly because if they ain't moving a thousand units to the collectors, they got to try something else. Yeah, but one could argue, and I think that's the argument I would make, that maybe they're not tapping into that collector market as, as strongly as they, they would like to, not because of pricing or not, be, it's because of theming. Maybe you change the theme around. I think by collector standards, American pinball machines are built really well and they're actually really packed. And they bring a lot of beauty. They bring a lot, but it's always just the theme. So maybe continue to up the bomb, continue to fill out these games, and to be competitive with a stern premium, and just pick a licensed theme that everybody likes. I do agree with you that I think the reason why they've primarily struggled in the home market has been the license picks. I don't think that the best answer is for them to increase the bomb and then start moving into the J. I, I just think that's so crowded. Okay. You're asking them to go against Stern Premium and JJPs. And uh, I mean, there's not a lot of oxygen that high up. Yeah. And and I'm really quite, and now the way it sounds, to, and I, I obviously I could be wrong, but it sounds to me like Deep Root is also, you know, arguing value, but seems to be arguing value from the point of the premium. Yeah. It's like, Y'all are fighting for the same piece of pie, and that pie is not remotely near 100% of this market. Yeah. And uh, okay, good luck, but you're going to be compared. You're going to be compared to things like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. You're going to have Oktoberfest against Pirates of the Caribbean. And I don't know if that's a battle that this company is equipped to fight. Yeah, I think you. But you, you, I would just keep the bomb. I would, my recommendation to him, Zach, would have been keep the bomb the same as you have been for Oktoberfest and Houdini and get a license hmm. and not this one. Yeah. I, like a real, like a real one. You're right. You're right in this situation. With a story. Uh, yeah. Because if, if they are meddling with these unlicensed themes or these, I'm going to call them intellectual properties, themes that are light. Hot Wheels feels a bit light. Um, I was so surprised at it for their, for their first license, obviously different things, the cost of the license is going to depend on the popularity of the of the property, but look at how well Rick and Morty did for Spooky oh, yeah. with the seven hundred and fifty yeah. units, and what all sorts of stuff that's kind of in this just you know totally cribbing from them. Other stuff in that weird space like Aquating Hunger Force and stuff. I mean, there's just like all the I'm. I mean, that wouldn't attract still me. Still stronger but, than Hot Wheels. I think right now in 2020, even if Aquatine is not 
that's dated at this point. It's still a yes. little bit stronger and edgier. But so, yeah, I think you're right. So yeah. I, I could have seen, I totally would have seen them going for something dated because it would have been affordable. Mm-hmm. But something where people are like, oh yeah, I remember watching that in college. And you know, I, there's a, there's something there. I still don't understand the fact that if you're going to work with Mattel, at least come out and tell us He-Man is unattainable. Don't work with Mattel and give us Hot Wheels over He-Man. Mind is blown. Like, at least come and tell us, no, it's apples and oranges, you guys. That would make me feel better. Because I don't. Sure, sure. Are you there? And there's so many 80s cartoons. Yes. Obviously, like He-Man, we She-Ra, talked about Inspector Gadget. G.I. Joe. 90s. Um, 90s. DuckTales. Oh, I would love a DuckTales. I thought about it. Do you remember? Animaniacs. Pinky in the Brain. That's me and you. <laughs> I actually never watched that show. Uh, no, uh, the side note. Have you ever seen that custom done DuckTales arcade stand-up? No. Based on I the, know. I think, the uh, NES or Super NES game. It was a custom done one that this guy was, he, he did that. He did Legend of Zelda from the NES game, and he built like an upright arcade. If anybody knows how I can get my hands, I think there was three of those DuckTales made. How I can get my hands on one of those, please do. Because not that I want arcade games, but I want that arcade game. So if you can build one just like the one he built, or you have access to one of the ones, please let me know. Or hell, I'll con- contract him out. I, w- I want that damn thing. God, so pretty. The listeners, if you haven't seen that, the type in like custom DuckTales arcade. Mm. Type in woohoo. Find it. Uh, also talking about Hot Wheels here, they said that there is this new click lock system they're using that you can actually swap the cars on your Hot Wheels. So for some collectors out there, they might want to use their own cars or showcase their own cars in the game. So they have this click lock system uh, that allows the owner to do that or the operator to do that. I think that it was a really clever uh, and good idea. That's accommodating to collectors because yeah. locations aren't going to care about that. No, I think that was really cool because some of these collectors are really diehard. Ooh, they are diehard about these Hot Wheels. More like die cast. Oh, <laughs> that's why he's the best, ladies and gentlemen. And to end out the discussion, Josh Kugler was talking about Houdini, and he said that there's actually a cheat code on Houdini that you can get to the Master Magician, the, the final wizard mode on Houdini, and that beta coders or beta testers have a clue already as to how to access it, but he doesn't know of anybody that has done it yet. A cheat code. Do you think it's the Konami code? That's immediately what I, th- I <laughs> thought of, so probably not. But um, I know you love uh, when there are ways to get to and play those wizard modes. I, this is so. this is clever. This is fine. This is when I start up Mortal Kombat and I want to do infinite lives or I want to do easy fatalities. I'm I'm okay with this because you have to figure it out or you got to search into your game guide book that you get monthly. Um, I'm N- well, these, Nintendo these Power. other ones are, are their standalone modes with their own scoring. It's not playing the regular game and they're actually like, it's like a mini game, but those are not okay, but it's okay to use a cheat code. No, I guess it's not. I, I'm having trouble look, seeing the difference. I said escape from Lu- Nublar is the, the, it's fine for people who want to cheat. That's fine. I just would <laughs> never, I just would never do it. You're just no. like, yeah, well, you know, I was playing this video game and it like gave me the option to choose my levels and I could play the last level. I would never do that. I wouldn't. You give me a game shark and <laughs> I'm going to tear this. Remember the game shark? <laughs> tear this up. 
No, I wouldn't. Oh I wouldn't God. access this master magician. Zach. Look, I've oh, owned hypocrisy this morning. I've owned Jurassic Park everywhere. for weeks now. Do you think I've? Do you think I've held the weeks. left flipper button in? I don't. Not I once. Don't know. Not once. Nope. No, Won't never. Go. Speaking. You have no temptation. Speaking of wonderful final wizard modes, Lord of the Rings. I almost want to cue the music, Howard Shore. I love you, because Lord of the Rings is a. Uh, one of Stern's greatest pinball machines of all times. One of the greatest pinball machines of all times. People are yelling from the rooftops, please vault this son of a bitch now. And we heard from a recent uh, recent episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast that that was happening. Lord of the Rings is coming back. 100 limited edition models and this and that. Nope, nope, no. So here's the rundown. Canada's Pinball Podcast was announcing that there was going to be this LE package. He made it sound like Stern may be releasing them. Or it was just a limited release from some other pinball creator or mod maker. It's very confusing, Dennis. I know you don't listen to Canada, but it confused a lot of people. I had people contact me. I'd like to get on this Lord of the Rings list. I'd like to get on it. But there is no list. Because to my knowledge, Stern Pinball is not redoing Lord of the Rings with Lior Rajwan and the Art of Pinball. Now this Lior Rajwan, the artist... That is creating, he has created new decals for Lord of the Rings. He is in the process of designing and creating a new play field with the with actual beautifully inked artwork that's going to be phenomenal. He said that, uh, I've, I've spoken with him, he said that he does plan on maybe making some mods and some sculpted uh, 3D plastics or, or moldings for Lord of the Rings in the future. But he then came out and said publicly, after Canada's false reports, that no, he's not selling a play field. He's not doing any of that. This is all just false false reporting uh, and hopeful hopeful wishing here. Does that make you sad, Dennis? Uh, I mean, I do think that Stern should vault Lord of the Rings. I assume the reason they don't is probably a mix of factors, including un- unsure how many games they'd, t- they'd be able to sell and the fact that this is not a SAM system, it's a white star, so it's not as, I, I'm assuming it's not as simple as yeah. vaulting Star Trek, vaulting Metallica, vaulting ACDC. So, which is why I think Tron has a higher likelihood than Lord of the Rings. That's what I always thought as well. Just because uh, in terms of the system spec stuff, mm-hmm. that would be easy for them. And I don't know that it's, I don't know they're they're in any way equipped to go back to white star. So... Yeah, I mean, I I really like Lord of the Rings, so I would I'd love to see more of them out there. Mm-hmm. But I, again, I I don't understand the context. I saw uh, Jeff with This Week in Pinball had an article. I did read that. I love the look of the side cabinet art. Uh, yeah, I like me a good Saruman shot there. So <laughs> on the on that right side of that cabinet, but mm-hmm. I don't know how you take a custom game and then get confused and think that means there's a vault. I, yeah, I I think there are some con- conflicting reports out there. I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing when it came to uh, this information. I reached out because I've talked to Leor in the past. Um, reached out to him as well as a collector who we'll talk about here in a second. I knew this was happening. I wonder. Okay, because I, yeah. I knew nothing about any of this, yeah. any of it. I, 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 but I'm, I'm also not that tuned into the custom side, really. I'm, I've been dabbling a little bit more into it, and I, I've talked to this collector. He's a buddy of mine that he was getting this thing commissioned. Uh, by this Lior 
uh, Rajwan mm. to be done. So I've seen pictures okay. for weeks, the progress that this is making. So when I heard the podcast that Canada did, I thought, what in the hell? So I started talking with these gentlemen to get some information. But uh, This Week in Pinball does uh, what they do best, and they've got full pictures, explanations as to what's going on. So go over to thisweekinpinball.com uh, to check out the details. Uh, this individual, this Lior Rajwan in the art of pinball, he's the one that's known for the Pirates of the Caribbean ship top replacement. This thing is nothing short of spectacular. With with the look of Pirates of the Caribbean, the moldings and everything, how beautiful that is, the piece and the mod that he created for that pinball machine trumps even all of it in there already. Um, it runs with like a Raspberry Pi board. There's lighting effects, custom molding, custom paint. It is top-notch work. So anything that he does is going to be is going to be the top-notch, the best of the best. So Jeff updated. The artwork for the decals is not for sale. And of course it's not. It's licensed property. Uh, they're using intellectual property from New Line Cinema and Lord of the Rings franchise uh, films. Um, now, this Rajwan said that he created a couple sets of decals for him and a couple buddies that had damaged cabinets. So it's just a custom fun thing that he was doing. I'm with you, Dennis. It looks beautiful. I would have not have went in that direction if I was redoing a Lord of the Rings. Uh, but needless to say it looks at least five times better than the the standard that we've seen from stern pinball at minimum because of the printing technologies and the use of printing mm. back then yeah i know it's a big criticism of the the kind of pixelated dot like you see the dots yes it's almost like Newspaper. pointillism yes um yeah with the with the ink ink print on how they screened back then mm-hmm. you know i'm now i'm wondering i wonder if i could get a custom lord of the rings art package for hoops oh yes call it call it rings process this be the three the three elven rings for the three uh, saucers. I'm thinking, yeah, we could do that. That's the Get me a, dumbest a thing I've there. ever heard. I mean, like, what? Come on, I'd be like, I want new. I want new audio though. It can't just. It can't just keep saying, hurry up, <laughs> hurry, hurry up. up, tie your shoes, I mean, tie your shoes. I'll, at least just get, yeah, at least watch out for at the least cat. Has to be just a golem going precious, precious the whole precious. time or something. Uh, I'm use the same uh, chips, so I don't have much space to. <laughs> This Week in Pinball also pictured, and you can find this on the Art of Pinball's Twitter feed or, or Instagram feed, but a blurred out work in progress playfield artwork. So you can go check out that if you want to kind of see through. You can see through a lot of it. Uh, I've got the actual pick, and you, you, can, you know what it is. The composition stuff where these characters are at and the colors being used. But no, no company, no individual involved has a license. Twip says to recreate or sell Lord of the Rings pinball machines or kits. Um, and then they said if if the company that is pursuing the license does get permission, they would be selling the decals uh, and possibly the play field. But that, now that goes against what uh, I've talked with. Basically, I've got a buddy. He's the one that commissioned this thing out. And he, he sent me a statement that I he said I could read on the air if I'd like. And this guy's he's really, really sweet, really good guy, ambitious guy, uh, and He was shocked by all this, but he said, he wrote to me, he said the following. I wanted to send you a quick update to the Canada podcast I listened to today called The King Returns. I want to confirm that this is my project for my machine. At this time, there is no intent to produce any more than one playfield, cabinet art package, and set of 3D plastics. 
this past Wednesday morning, I sent you, meaning me, one of our first proofs of what the new art package would look like on the machine. I also confirmed at that time that I commissioned Lior with the Art of Pinball to do this work for me. In my opinion, Lior is one of the best and most creative modification makers for pinball machines. Based on my relationship with Lior, it was a decision I felt very comfortable with, so this is confirmation that he is indeed creating a new playfield design for me and a new set of playfield plastics. I also, he talked about hiring a, um, a playfield reproduction company to work on the playfield. That company already has the, the playfield so that they can do the proper, quote, architectural file and PSD for the graphic overlays. Then it's going to be shipped and prepped for the art package printing. So why is he doing this? He wanted to kind of say he's got a lot of pinball machines he's been owning for the past 15 years but have only gotten serious about my hobby collection and passion in the past 18 months. Started with some mods, lighting, new side rails, now this. I found it very satisfying having my collection reflect my own personal taste, which is what led me to many different modifications. My most recent projects, he's also doing a custom Sting or Star Trek Next Generation package. It's, I like the regular artwork on that game, but the one that he's doing with, with these guys is phenomenal. But he talked about... Oh, I got to say this, Dennis. This is, this is, bear with me. He said, my favorite pinball shows to watch on YouTube is straight down the middle. Uh, I remember the episode where you and Greg discussed and rated Lord of the Rings pinball machine. I couldn't agree more with the way you guys broke down the game and how I wanted to take your vision of a redesigned art package to fruition. So you can take credit for the inspiration behind this project. Oh, my heart's melting. I <sighs> did reach out God. to you during my big Lebowski rebuild to let you know about the project and this project. Oh, Dennis, my heart flutters with love. Yeah, oh, yeah, love sure. is in the uh, air. See, we matter. All you hardcore uh, collectors and competitive pinball players and, and pin side naysayers, see? Straight down the middle matters, damn it. We inspire people, Dennis. Aren't you happy? That's what we're doing here so at the pinball So in a way, show. this is like the, the people thinking they're getting vaults and then having their dreams crushed is sort of all your fault. We inspire people to make what's awesome <laughs> better. Inspire people. Yes. It's what we do. <sighs> he also talked about reaching out to Gary Stern to see if there was any interest u- utilizing this art package for a vault run. Um, and I, I don't know if they're discussing or he's waiting to hear back or Gary just said, no, absolutely not. We'll do our own thing. So I don't know. He says the code's perfect. Everything is perfect on this game except for the art and some of the uh, plastics and stuff. So he's making his own. And that's it. That's the story. That's the truth. I always feel like we have to counterpoint over here at the pinball show. Is that okay? I guess you can do what you want. Why why, why let people believe in lies? Lies! I I understand where you're coming from on it, but... If they just keep coming, it seems like a never-ending task. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a journalist either. I chose not to be one, so... I'm a truth seeker, Dennis. You're, truth, you're, not just, just, you're just a truth seeker. I only you're report the truth. facts here. Yeah, you just just facts. You just like facts that matter, as long as they involve straight down the middle. Look, when people throw mud, I get out the Windex. I'm just trying to clean you all up. the Windexer. Yeah. You're just using ammonia-based cleaners on your Invisiglass. Yeah. It's fine. I'm just trying to clean the clean the glass of your mind so that you guys can rest at night knowing the truth. That's it. Yeah, you don't want streaks on your mind glass. <laughs> I don't know. I hate that Invisiglass this, clear Windex stuff. may have a non-ammonia blend at this point. They do. They actually they probably do. have an organic blend. Don't drink it. Don't put it in your body. 
Poison control calls are up, Zach. All you need to do, take some Lysol, inject (laughs) it like a junkie. (laughs) Put it in the main vein, baby. Get rid of that COVID. (laughs) Have you seen the remix with the... uh, with that uh, evangelicist. <laughs> the one who blows the COVID away. Fire! Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. That is uh, the greatest. I love that. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song under the Lord. I've listened to that a couple times. That guy's real scary. Why? Why are you scared? Oh no! He's, I, it looks like he's kind of got fangs. And he kind of scares me. Ah, <laughs> uh, scares me. Sorry to all those listeners who follow him or something. It's not a, it's not a uh, religious statement. It's just that that man just scares me. I think I had a dream about him. Hmm. Also, to wrap up the pinball news this week. Chicago Gaming Company's Medieval Madness Remake Royals are now shipping. They're trickling. Ooh. Well, let's not joke ourselves. They're trickling. How are they getting them built? Well, I, I, and we might have said that in a past podcast episode, but I think that they were waiting for like one part. Yeah, but aren't their factories closed? Or are you saying that they're in non-compliance with the Illinois order on a <laughs> No, I think what happened was... Are they in non-compliance? Not is Chicago non-compliance. Gaming in non-compliance of an order to protect the I, I truly the think what has happened is they have... They've taken all procedures that they do have people in there, but they probably have, like, one guy in there installing the last part on a lot of these things. That's it. Like, literally, the delay this uh, from January was, like, one part. What part? I tell us the part. I don't. I'm not at liberty to say the one part. You tell us the part. Swear to me. Might have included the drawbridge, but maybe it's just one part. And they're waiting for it. So. Where are the parts? Where are the parts? I'll show you. I'll show you the difference between people who are good and people who are not as good. (laughs) Who's slightly less good. Here at the Pinball Show, we only report the facts. And what better way than to present to you this week's Pinball Show presents... You know what it presents, Dennis? It presents conclusion. Motherfucking Pinball Market Trees! They get the go. They get the go. Nope. That was a different beep oh. than count. That wasn't a, tel- a telegraph beep. That was just a sensor beep. That's fine. Then they get the fucking llama. How about that? I don't even remember the llama. We don't have one, but we do now. (laughs) (laughs) Turning up this week is, uh, we we alluded to it earlier in the episodes, actually. Location pinball machines now up (laughs) for sale. Oh, have you seen them around the country? Yep. Oh, if you want to see a pinball machine for sale, look closely because it's probably coming from a location. They are unloading these things. Like uh, like Dutch Pinball wishes it would unload the Big Lebowski's. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, training up is a, a, just a ton of pinball machines that were on location that are now going into the homes of collectors. That's sad, Dennis. That that implies that maybe, just maybe, a lot of these places either won't open back up, or if they do, 
the quantity of machines will be lessened. You got to pay uh, the bills. There goes Lord of the, the Rings. The reports I'm seeing are, are complete. I mean, it's mixed. I've seen locations that have already confirmed they're closed. Um, and then there's an extra, a lot of people who operate don't own the location. So, well, some locations appear to be gearing back up because of social distancing requirements and the new sanitation procedures. The operators either can't operate the games or the volume would have to be so spaced out hmm. that, I mean, you're thinking about places that might have six games and they're going to have to have two. And it's like, is it worth it? Yeah. Is it worth it to have two on location? Maybe you see these, some of these operators have multiple locations. Maybe you see them consolidate too. Drop a couple yeah, locations I, I, and yeah, have yeah, one I big location. I think it's going to be, they're going to evaluate case by case in terms of just what the layouts will will allow. I mean, we don't have our statewide Kansas guidance yet uh, for post-COVID. I can tell you though that I sat in on a South Central part of the state meeting uh, late last week and they're coming up with their own regional plan. And one of the strategies that they're planning to do is the recommended next step is going to be businesses can be at 50% of their fire code, but have to maintain six foot separation how, at the same time. How do you do How do you do that? Well, and because of that requirement, most of them won't be able to get to the 50%. So there are a number of little places that are primarily carry out that. And these counts include the employees. Who's going to be enforcing um, this, Dennis? Well, in our state, it's it. You know, a lot of people have to self-report <laughs> citizens that are no. Well, I shouldn't say self-report. Self-reports are say great. Citizens who are upset file complaints usually through the health department. Health department has to ask law enforcement to oh, enforce that, the order. None of that shit's going to happen. Uh, and and in our state, health departments, when it comes to pandemic, do have the authority to tell law enforcement to enforce the order. Uh, most of the time, it's a misdemeanor with a fine associated with it. Yeah, it's it's a cluster. It is a cluster. And uh, some people think that we are prematurely opening up the floodgates, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But you will see increased you will see increased infection. It's well, yeah. It's just it will happen. Uh, it's a question of the surge capacity, and the strategy is supposed to be when we see new cases crop up, you encircle you you sort of encircle them, isolate them, and start doing the treatment and deal with anyone they came into close contact with problem that we have is we still don't have enough tests to actually execute that um but i'm hoping next week we do because i am going to assume we're going to relax our orders next week statewide mm. uh, locally they'll make their own decisions because uh, parts of our state are seem to be on the other side of the peak now and parts of our state are still seeing increases it just depends ladies and gentlemen the only individual can take the world's favorite pinball podcast segment and make it depressing dennis creasel you brought up how location machines for sale was trending up Jeez, now i'm all depressed trending up this week is lord of the rings as well because the art package why they're making new ones aren't they yeah that's why it's trending up people are going to be trying to grab 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 bye 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 those lord of the rings just in hopes that maybe somebody will make those decals to the to the market maybe somebody will make one of those play fields they're hoping they're wishing they're praying so they're gobbling up all those ball rocks gobbling them up would you gobble a ball rock I like Lord of the Rings. I've never owned it, though. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Also trending up this week, oh, if, if the love doesn't get any bigger. We got a lot of big love coming my way, and I can't get enough of it. We heard it from that collector that said that 
I single-handedly was his inspiration behind this massive oh, project that's going to change sake. the the change Ugh. the landscape of the greatest this machine email ever he made. Sent was so unhelpful. He oh. has no idea the damage he's done oh. to me personally. It gets worse, Dennis, or better in my case because if you haven't listened to the Loser Kid Pinball podcast and they had on Roger Sharp, and in fact, ladies and gentlemen, he is trending up this week. Trending up is Roger Sharp. Oh, why, you ask, Dennis? Why I is don't, because he, he wasn't even up? in the show notes in your market trend lineup. Mm, no, of course he wasn't. Crap. I wanted to sneak this one on you. Roger Sharp, ladies and gentlemen, you know how emphatic, how creative I have been when it comes to pitching competitive pinball and getting it televised and i'm here to tell you one thing and one thing only the father of pinball moses himself roger sharp suggested the same thing that i pitched last year publicly about standardized pinball machines for application in competitive pinball and televised airing I rest my case, I take a bow, I take this mic if it wasn't attached to a tripod, and I drop it in front of all of you haters. Yeah, that's you, Dr. John. Yeah, that's you, Steve Bowden. All you hate, that's you, Jeff Teolis. I heard you in the background there, either, I think it was Josh Sharp, poo-pooing old non-competitive pinball player Zach's idea of a standardization. Yeah, not only did Roger Sharp talk about a group in Canada approaching him about this years back, but offered some good ideas that these individuals were suggesting, as well as a way to make things more objective. Now, he did say that, you know, every machine is going to differ, but he thought it was, uh, you know, I'm going to interpret his word. He kind of thought it would be a... Well, yeah, we were going to interpret I could tell by your phrasing about it was, standardization, uh, maybe which a is good, not a word you ever used in your pitches. thought it was, oh, was not that's what I pitched, Dennis. That is what I you, pitched, no, you and you know it. Ten generic yes. machines, all by Stern, yes. and that they were all going to be, and then they... Of course, you would have the standardized setup mm-hmm. as a byproduct, but your main goal seemed to be driven by just wanting to be able to not have issues with Twitch censoring the music and stuff. No, it was, it was that's a, a fair enough. It point, was a multi-factor but, approach uh, in what I, I am starting to call the mini competitive series pinball machines. He made that pitch as well, the father of pinball and Roger Sharp, and he even said it would be more digestible to the general public standardizing some of these games. Oh, man, if I didn't jump out of my truck while it was moving, hearing this, I, oh, I, they're, they're, I'm speechless, Dennis. I'm so speechless. I must sash you, Roger. <laughs> Can you be any sexier? You see the, the mustache, I must sash you. <sighs> Roger Sharp's my hero. Maybe maybe Roger Sharp and I should have a, a sit-down, a meeting. You know, the great minds of pinball sitting down, creating the next frontier for everybody else that just leaves it in the dust, waiting for somebody to step up. Maybe Roger Sharp and I are those people. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> I love that uh, we have video Skype going this recording, and I get to see Dennis throughout this entire segment. Unfortunately, trending down this week is injecting bleach into... No, sorry, wrong podcast. Trending down this week is false podcast reporting and being sold as fact. 
Uh-oh, wait a minute. Zach, do we really want to go here? Yeah, do we really oh, want to go Zach, here, Zach? Do we All really I ever wanted was peace. Here? Can we not have peace? Why are you the aliens from Independence Day? I'm merely the truth seeker. That's all I am. I only report the facts here. Numbers don't lie. And there's been some people telling fibs. And I can't let that sit with our listeners. I love them too much. You guys are like family. On a recent Canada's Pinball podcast titled... I don't even know what it was titled at this point. But he had a two-part series that talked about all of the atrocities of Jersey Jack Pinball. The negligent... Ooh, negligence is good. Basically, he shit all over Jersey Jack Pinball, saying that Pat Lawler owns the company now. Uh, they got rid of Butch Peel because they're evil people. Jack Guarneri has lost control of this company now that investors and owners are in there. He went on and on and on. Now, for entertainment purposes, that's fine. Sure, people listen. But when it's sold as fact, I'm here to counterbalance it out with actual truth. <laughs> Chris Coolers from Canadian Pinball Podcast made a statement that Pat Lawler is in control. He said, quote, this entire company is Pat Lawler design company now, end quote. Wrong. Uh, Mr. Canada also suggested. Execute order. She, Toy Story. She, well, close. He also suggested that uh, people know him in the industry as Lord Lawler. That's what they refer to him as. Wrong. Uh, fact checking suggests they, they really don't. That's the first time I've heard of that. And I've not heard of any of the inside people I know as friends. Uh, that have referred to him as that. Uh, continuing our fact-checking, Chris Cooler said, quote, ask David Thiel uh, if he'd ever want to do a game again with Pat Lawler, end quote. <sighs> Wrong. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, that unfortunately um, was a false accusation as well because David Thiel actually contacted Chris Cooler from Canada's Pinball Podcast and said, hey, can you retract that because... That's not true at all. I would absolutely work with Pat Lawler. Oh, this again. is why David posted. Okay, I saw a post from him on Facebook yeah. that said he would work with Pat Lawler. And I was like, <laughs> this is out of the blue. What does it have to do with yeah, anything? Because I know David's over with Deep Root, so I didn't know the context. But the mystery, the clouds have lifted. Yeah, Kaneda got upset last time that I did some fact checking. So I, I assume that he's going to get, we have fun back and forth. And I assume he's going to get upset about this. Again, Chris, I know you're listening. Look, I'm just trying to set the people straight and let them know truth from falsities. That's all. Chris also said that there was no one left from the original employees. They're all gone. He said, quote, all the hardworking people who made it, Jersey Jack Pinball, have been shown the door. End quote. Wrong. Leave Brittany alone. No. Yep, that's, that's wrong as well. Plenty of the people who started out there are still there. Still have the same amount of passion, if not more, as they've learned through the working with people like Butch Peel, Jack Warneri, Pat Lawler. I mean, Eric Minier was there from Wizard of Oz. Keith Johnson has been there from day one. He's still there. Joe Katz is still there. Ted Estes is still there. There's a lot of people still there. That's, that's not true. He also made it sound like Technician Frank. I'm just going to call him Technician Frank. That, that, <laughs> I'm sorry, are you, we going to go through the, I, no, look, I, I know you love this segment and you like to make it longer. Just, are we going to go through the entire line I'm here? Just what, I mean, checking facts here. He made it sound oh like Frank God. was let go with this whole t transition to Chicago. Wrong. Yeah. News alert. Frank was let go or quit. I don't even know what happened, but Frank's been gone for months. It's not the case as well. 
Chris also implied the passion is, the passion has left the building when Jack lost control of the company. He said the investors are now yelling at Jack Ranieri. They're yelling at him, Dennis, and he's just an excited guy. That's it. Wrong. Nope. That's that's false as well. I can tell you, knowing these investors and knowing these majority owners, they're very pumped up about where Jersey Jack Pinball is headed in the future. And they have every intention of utilizing every resource they need to make this company grow and compete year after year. That's It might be boring, but that's just the, the facts. Canadian Pinball Podcast also implied that the majority owners and investors, quote, just don't care as much as you think they do about these games. He goes on to say, a company that's run by money and ego. He also said JJP employs, quote, sleazy sales tactics, end quote. Wrong. Canada's really going after this company right now. You know news is slow whenever you have these wild, outlandish episodes full of false statements that rile people up and force people to show hatred and disgust towards other human beings, all being of which a part of a group that we all want to support and see grow and evolve. And at the end of all this... I love this political pitch. He says this all, all this at this point kind of slander that he has presented is evidence of truth because no one from JJP will publicly come on his show to offer counterpoints. Wrong. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. That that is not how that works. That's how it works, I guess. That is not how it works. I'm sorry. Socratic questioning there. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, you do not. Uh, I, holy shit. Yeah, that's I, why it's the truth. Since oh nobody will speak you up, do not get to just, you do not get to just try and, well, I guess you can try to just bait people yep. to come and talk to you by making accusations, wild accusations, and then saying that they are in some way obligated to respond. Mm -hmm. That is not how to, when people make accusations that, in fact, I had uh, Jeff with This Week in Pinball a few weeks ago reach out to me to say that a certain someone had made accusations, and I'm like, that doesn't affect me. Yeah, It's not my obligation to, my record speaks for itself. That's right. It's not my obligation to go out and correct every mistruth because it's not possible to know about every mistruth that's said about you. That's it's true. just not possible. And if it's not valid, it's not valid. I had some nasty no, things said about me over the last couple of months publicly. And they you were. You could go down a very dark spiral. So well, you're the psychologist. Yeah, you could go so down a very dark truth. spiral if you try and yeah. deal with that. Exactly. Um, so if it's not true, you just. You chalk it off as like, what yeah. am I going to do? You I'm try not, to at least. Yeah, uh, well, some, you, things, some things get to people more than others. Yes, I, can, I can confirm yes, that. Yes, we can. But, but it's like, yeah, you and that's something about, and maybe it happens in all the hobbies, but I'll, I'll just to, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to go on a rant. I didn't, I didn't hear any, all of this except for what you've I like your rants. <laughs> well, I'm just, there are things that I think sometimes in this hobby that happen that people think, oh, it's just for entertainment and it's just for fun. And mm-hmm. they just run people through. Yep. And I don't ever have a problem saying, I think that game's a turd or I don't like this. I don't like that. And I'll always tell you the truth, yeah. but I don't go about and then say, and because of that, this person is a bad person. Mm-hmm. And that happens in this hobby a lot. Yes, it does. And I don't think it's healthy. It's definitely unprofessional. Yeah. I, would like people, and I'm just speaking you know, broadly, I would like people to maybe try to uh, do better. I'm not going to even ask you to be more considerate. Just do better. I like that. I like that. Um, and uh, th- th- there's a difference between 
giving your opinion on the design of a game or the animation of a game versus talking about employment issues or talking about these are private matters. private matters. There's a difference. There just is a difference. I mean, even if you wanted to go and speak about uh, employment decisions, it would be seen again. It Legally, would be seen as unprofessional. Yeah, this, yeah. they can't come out. Uh, and aside talk about from that. some opens, like governments may be able to tell you a little bit about about some aspects of things like how much they pay their employees and such, such, but terminations and things even are protected yes. as non-open record for a reason. Absolutely. Because these are people's lives, their private lives. So yeah, is the, not your, is not your place to know mm-hmm. is not my place to know either. Yeah. And the, the reason that Jersey Jack's probably not coming out publicly to say anything, cause it's none of our f-ing business. How about no, it that? is not. It is not. It is oh, not our business. To end off this trending down a false podcast reporting and sold as fact, uh, to be fair, Canada also reported in a couple episodes ago that Barry from Dutch Pinball, after designing one pinball machine, that he was the best designer of all time. So consider the source here. I'm going to end it on this note, quote unquote information, quote unquote facts that you have heard on Canada's Pinball Podcast in the most recent JJP episodes. Chris Kouloris said that these facts and information, wait for it, folks, has been derived from, quote, human behavior, I can't make this shit up, and, quote, common sense. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are getting your facts and information from a source that is deriving their information from human behavior and common sense, maybe you need to find a different source. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, But when it comes to common sense and human behavior, not sure Chris Kalouris would be the first person I'd follow when it comes to that. Listeners, just all I'm asking, this stuff is entertainment. I'm not telling you not to listen. Hell, I listen because it is entertaining at times. It makes me laugh. It makes me cringe. It is good entertainment. But don't forget that it is nothing more than entertainment. Don't confuse entertainment with information. I can't even, Dennis, I can't even do a deal of the week at this point. I feel, I feel dirty. So in a way we've all won really. Yeah. Hopefully I inspired some of you. Like I inspired Roger Sharp and like I inspired this collector. (laughs) I'd hope you'd forgotten about that with this weird rant, this fact checking rant Uh, you went on. The sad thing is Roger Sharp doesn't know who I am, nor has he listened to any of my stuff. I think he does. And I don't think he likes you. (gasps) That was a pinball show for says pinball market trends. No deals of the week this week. Oh, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I'll give you a deal of the week. No, don't, please. I'll create my own. The deal of the week this week is a Stranger Things with four plays. It's brand new. We unboxed it at the Louisville show, and the ramp itself, the motor... Uh, I suspected I didn't like it as a play three, but it took the fourth play for sure. The board for the motor uh, was faulty, so Brian Eddy told me, eh, just fold this one up. We'll have to get a replacement board. Got the replacement board out there, but it's unboxed. And it's technically, it's got three test plays on it, so it's used. $5,100. Boom. There's your deal of the week. Bye, bye, bye. All right, let's end episode 11 with a fun little yeah, segment. Yeah, let's end it. The, no, we got to do a little what? fun segment. We, now, we've done this before. I don't think we've ever done this on the pinball show. So we're going to resurrect it. Man, get out your Ouija board. We're going to resurrect a little segment we like to call the Pinball Show's Flippers and Foils. 
listeners that aren't familiar with this game, this is a game where I read the contestant the name of a character that appears on a pinball machine. The contestant then has to name another character on the pinball machine, and for extra points, name the game, the manufacturer, and the date if you're super special. The way this goes, I'm going to say something like, Dennis, you're the blank to my... And then I'm going to say Indiana Jones. And then he'd come back and say, short round. Boom. And then he would say, Indiana Jones, a pinball adventure. Boom. And then he would say, Williams. Boom. And then for extra points, he would say, 1995? Four? I don't even know. I thought four, but yeah, I'm not sure. Too. So let's play a little flippers and foils, shall we, Dennis? Okay. Oh, Dennis, to me, you've always been the blank to my mystique. Hmm. Oh, blank to okay. my mystique. Uh, Professor X. Uh, okay. Not the direction I was going, but yeah, that's correct. Okay. Uh, care to name the... Now, be careful here, because what I know about this, after researching in between edited out segments, uh, <laughs> that mystique is actually on what title? The, um... X-Men. Yeah, you said Professor X, so you're going to X-Men, because I was thinking right, Deadpool, right. but... Uh, right, which, I yeah, I can see why. That would have been more obvious. Okay, um, but... But actually, the one on, on location we we had was the Magneto LE edition. Damn it. So I believe she's in the side the side art there. <gasps> oh, my on God. On the cab body. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought... I, I thought uh, I messed up initially because so I was like, damn it, is Mystique on the X-Men? And I looked and looked, and she is, but she only appears, to my knowledge, on the Magneto version... Yeah, well, I, I can't so. stump Dennis. All right, who made the who made the X Men pinball machine? That was Stern Pinball. That was Stern Pinball. Any guesses to when they made that? Oh gosh, um, is that twenty thirteen? It was close. Twenty twelve. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, yeah, it's been. I mean, that was based off of the like they're in the comic theme actually. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the the weirdness of it yeah no i tell you I, what uh, man uh, kind of an underrated game yeah actually. i was gonna say i i wouldn't mind p- picking up a magneto again i owned it earlier in my my hobby my years. only problem with those le's is that moving Iceman ramp uh, see, it's I don't, kind of annoying no i don't mind it as much uh, because i like all the other upgrades you get so it yeah, yeah. It surpasses it for me. Yeah, we, we, we get that one on, well, we did before COVID, on location from time to time. And I believe it is the Magneto. One so. of the prettiest pinball machines ever made. Uh, the code is, if you upgrade the sound, maybe, the sound package, you get uh, color DMD in it, maybe. I don't. I just don't remember the modes being that fun. But there's a lot yeah. there. Yeah, whenever I play it, I usually play Sentinel mode. Um, and then I'm just trying to get like the Hellfire Club or something so I can go into a multi-ball mode. Mm-hmm. I just hate the Wolverine mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you love the storm callouts. Well, it's better than... <laughs> uh, I don't know if most people would agree with you about that. Storm! <laughs> I'm waiting for her to say jackpot! <laughs> All right, on to the next item. He He nailed the first one. Except I didn't get the date right. Well, but that's worth two points. I mean, you know, here nor there. You, you got the. You got I, I can't get a perfect now. Okay. Well, you're always ruined. You always be perfect to me, then. Ruined. All right, Dennis, you're the blank to my Augustus Gloop. Oh. Um, Augustus Gloop. 
Yes, I I know I know which game. I'm just I'm trying to remember the names of the other games. I know. Mike TV. Mike TV works. What game is this from? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That is correct. You could have got stung up and went Charlie and Chocolate Factory, but it is in fact Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, manufactured by Jersey Jack Pinball. And the year it was manufactured, or the year it was uh, released, rather. Yeah, 2019. That is correct. That's a perfect score. Augustus Gloop. Yeah. Now, I wanted to say Charlie, but I couldn't remember if his last yeah. name was Puckett or Bucket or what. Charlie Bucket. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. I was trying to stump you up. I was like, he's too crafty to go Willy Wonka. He's wanting to flex his uh, knowledge muscles here. <laughs> I was trying to flex on you. Yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> You could have went Veruca Salt. And the problem was I couldn't remember her first name. Oh, I see. I want it now, Zachy. Oh, I want it now. I want it now. I want my Willy Wonka pinball machine now. I was the first kid that messed up by drinking the chocolate water. Look like poo. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Third item. Dennis, you're the blank to my cheese head. Hmm. Cheese head. Bedhead. Say that again. Bedhead. Bedhead. Yeah, that's me typing. Unfortunately, Dennis, I think that is incorrect. And by thinking it's incorrect, that's because we searched it together and we found it yeah. incorrect. <laughs> yes. But uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, you you got them mixed up there. Your heads, right? Yeah, I was thinking. I was visually thinking of sleepy head. Mm. Though bad does sound like bad head, but it there was, was there I is was a bad of head. head. Yeah, I was thinking of sleepy head. But nobody likes bad head. My favorite is good head. Right. <laughs> and I made up and just gave them bad head. That joke still works in two thousand twenty. Now, what game was that though? I was thinking of scared stiff. Yeah, that's so. correct. That's correct. Uh, manufacturer. Uh, that's a Bally, I think, from WMS. Yeah, you know how I like to differentiate the Bally and Williams, even if they are. I know you do. So Bally, and any guesses to the date? Oh, gosh, uh, 95? Close, 96. <clears throat> oh, okay. I thought, if anything, I was too late in the years. Okay, 96. Huh? Nicely okay. done, Pumpkinhead. <laughs> All right, on to the fourth item. There are five. There are five items in this game, but the fourth item is you, my friend, are the blank. To my peeping Tom. Peeping Tom. The reference is even more creepy nowadays. Mm. Considering the designer. But uh, peeping Tom. Well, I guess I'll go with the most obvious one and say the creature. It's actually correct. Nicely done. What game was that from? Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, and if you guys have noticed, listeners, I have been taking some of them, uh, some of these visual characters from the DMD. A little cheating yes, there, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> I, I realized that when you when you went with Cheesehead. Uh-huh. Sorry about that. So Creature from the Black Lagoon, manufacturer was? Hmm. I know it's a WMS game, but I'm trying, I'm going to say Bally again. That is correct. Those are the, the Bally Williams are the ones that I'm really good at remembering for some reason, because uh, some of- Backbox? No, not so much the Backbox on the WPC stuff, but like some titles just feel more like a Bally and some feel more structured and gritty like a William. I don't- I, I heard they flipped a coin to decide. Is that right? 
I, I mean, I don't know if they literally did, but I heard someone say, yeah, it was essentially a coin flip to determine which uh, which branding a game would have once they owned Valiant. Yeah, because if you go back and look at the title of what were Bally and what were Williams, they do seem to fit in two separate yeah, categories. Uh, I mean, for a while, right after the early acquisition, mm-hmm. one of the things I noticed, this is back when I was writing my street level article, was that they tended to do lower production runs on the Bally's, but obviously that wasn't the case with Adam's family. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, because like anyway. if you think about Attack from Mars as a Bally, but Medieval Madness, that's a Williams. You think mm-hmm. about um, Twilight Zone as a Bally, Indiana Jones, Williams, strong Williams. You've got the Adams Family, kooky, fun, Bally. you got Scared Stiff, Bally. I don't know. It's just always, that's why I remember him. Star Trek, hmm. The Next Generation, Williams, right. strong. Williams, Terminator 2, Williams. Yeah. Tales of Arabian yeah. okay, Nights, Williams. Well, uh, okay. You know, I don't okay. know. Well, S- simmer down. Williams. Simmer down now. Circus Voltaire. Bally. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. That makes no sense. On to the last item on flipper uh, sequels. And I oh, guess, and yeah. you didn't ask, but I'll go ahead and say, I think 92 was the year. That of is correct. Okay. I thought it was real early in the DMDs. That was really a lot of stuff going on for a 92 game. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Actually, uh, that game really grew on me quite a bit mm-hmm. as I played it. I really do like this that is... game. But yeah. Not the listener, not for your one or two pin lineup, I assure you. No, no, but, uh, no. I've not seriously considered trying to get one. I think it goes for too much for what it is. They but, do. But I like to I like to play it if I see it. Fun shooter. Looks beautiful. Yep. All right. Last item at Flippers and Foils. You are the blank to my Abraham von Halsink. Or Abraham Van Helsing. Yes. We'll, we'll go with Dracula. Dracula is correct. Hey. It always bugs me how he can say instead of Dracula. 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 The, the proper Romanian pronunciation. Draculio. <laughs> yeah, that's who does your hair. <laughs> no, that is Chino. Oh, Chino. <laughs> Don't fuck with Chino, my friend. <laughs> Dracula, he's on the he's on the glass trying to bite women's necks a lot, and on the DMT. Been spending most our lives living in bloody paradise. Oh, oh my, god. my god, sorry. Where's Michelle Pfeiffer? We've got uh, the title of the game would be uh, Brom Brom, Stro- Brom Stoker's Dracula. Are you gonna go Stroker or Stoker? Stoker. There we go. We'll stoke that fire, baby, because you're correct. Who was the manufacturer of Brom Stoker's Dracula? I'm Stoker's. Uh, another WMS game. Uh, oh, does it convey whimsy or does it convey serious? Yeah, I think it's a Williams. That's correct. My theory is <laughs> intact. Well, it's like, it's fantastical, but blood. So yes, it's right. I guess if I understand the Zach equation. That's right. You know what? There might be something to Johnny that. Johnny Mnemonic Williams. Williams. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm actually gonna go through the list of games. I think when I get some time and see if this uh, this might actually be the first theory of yours that's actually valid. Cactus Canyon, valid. <laughs> sorry, I keep doing this. And and uh, for the listener, oh sorry, one more. The Getaway High Speed Two, Williams. I but uh, no, there's I've I've uh, omitted some of the ones that made no sense. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, right. All right, so it is Bram Stoker's Dracula. It is a Williams uh, guesses to win. They first revealed and released or first released this game. Uh, 
94? Close, 93. You're always just a year off if if off at all, yeah, so nicely not, done. Yeah, that's hard. Years can be tricky. Oh, that's when you went uh, through puberty, wasn't it? 93? <laughs> yeah, around then, maybe. About 19, 20 years old. <laughs> I was not quite that old in 93. I was nine. That would be more like 98 or so. I was nine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Pinball Show's Flippers and Foils. Email us in if you got all the questions right, because I want you to battle the creasel if you got 100% on that, because that would be fun. Would you be up for a a Flippers and Foils battle? I don't know how that would work, but I guess. Hey, where there's a will, there's a way, and I will find it. Remember, (laughs) I'm kind of the guy that inspired Roger Sharp. Oh, yes, that's right. Poor Roger Sharp. He's going to retract all of that just because... He doesn't want to have to hear me. Zach and Josh are rolling their eyes right now. Sorry, fellas. All right, Dennis, our time here is up for episode 11. I'm just going to sit at home alone and cry over you. Until next week when we air episode 12. But until then, these people can check out a lot of cool stuff on the Pinball Network. Remember to follow us on Facebook. You can go to the pinballnetwork.net. As well as, what else we got? Oh, follow us on Twitch, too. We got a lot of affiliates on the TPN channel there. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us a little bit here, there, and everywhere. Hell, we got a pinside thread, too. You can join in. Last week on the Pinball Network, we had some really good podcasts. We had the Final Round Pinball Podcast. I believe they're in episode six. But they had Doug, Doug Polka from Papa talking about the recent events. And, and who better to hear from about what's going to happen with replay effects's Pinberg than to hear it from Doug Polka. A favorite of many, the Silver Ball Chronicles came out with episode three where they covered Dennis Gottlieb, what was that, System 3s? Yeah, it was System 3. They they touched a little bit on a few ADBs as well, but yeah, the focus of the episode was System 3. Uh, I, I, I have heard that episode. That was very interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw they had some... You know, there were some, I saw some fans coming out of the woodwork saying things like, oh, I wish you guys had talked more more about uh, things like <laughs> Big right. Hurt. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, wow. the Big Hurt fans out there. I, to, I saw the guy in the back know. with a sign. It was like, John Norris is a god. Hey, they, John Norris has been a valued resource on knowing about what happened through that huge stretch of Premiere because I think he came in. Mm-hmm. Right around when Premiere itself started and got a hold of the Gottlieb brand, so oh, on the street and, levels, and so yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, he was involved on uh, on street levels. I think he did half of them because mm-hmm. he took over one of the uh, Trudeau designs, yeah. and then I think he had two of his own, and then Tanzer had the rest. So. I'm just really proud of the network and the history. podcasters because there's some different avenues that haven't really been touched on much in pinball podcasting or not to the extent that some of these headliners are doing it in competitive pinball, the final round, you got the Chronicles, uh, that I learned so much from the history of pinball. You got silver ball stories with the illustrations and new storytelling. If you could add a topic to the network's podcast, like, an area that you don't think we cover very well, what would you add? Hmm, that is a really, podcasting that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I, I do wish we had more of those. Uh, I, I think we unofficially call them one and dones, but yeah, I would off the record would be great. Off the record, yeah. yeah why do, off the record? I don't yeah. know why people are so scared to just record an episode. It's a blast. Just stick a mic in front of your face and buddy's face and, and record an episode. It'd be a lot of fun. We are developing something 
that the correspondents, you may hear them in their own podcast mm. pilot episode coming very soon. We get a, we got to see if they're ready to roll that out. Um, but yeah, I w- that would be good. Uh, repair discussion may not translate won- well into podcast. I, I've wondered if someone could, that's the thing I've wondered if you could really, cause I've heard other podcasts cover repair. Mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult. Like you can tell that they know what they're talking about, but it can be very difficult to visualize it. Yeah. But maybe there's a way to make it entertaining. That'd be an interesting challenge. Well, we got beyond my ability, Duncan but. with the Arcade Crusade. Uh, he's a TPM provider for the YouTube show. He did that mm-hmm. full flipper rebuild. Very thorough. Very well done. I, I've seen some very positive comments. Yeah, that, that was really video. well done. He said, uh, I think his next video for TPN may be uh, how to install NVROM, which a lot of people want to know uh, because I've never done it myself. I had somebody do it for me, but that would be a really cool video. So be on the lookout for that. I think I would want maybe uh, maybe an interview show. Jason Fowler was going to yeah, do an interview Crystal, show. Crystal, I'm wondering if she's kind of going that way with the plum because yeah. she's had a few interviews lately. So and that I'm one's cool because, that... again, it's another offering that is so unique. She's talking to the showrunners and the people that participate in the mm-hmm. shows, the dealers and stuff. Yeah, you get that. But, um, yeah, so maybe some more interviews from people would be would be kind of cool. I don't know. I'm so proud of where we've come in, what, three months. So it's awesome. Dennis, can you tell people when they're not uh, looking for you at TPN or the Pinball Show, where can they find you? Well, every other week I do the Eclectic Gamers podcast with my co-host, Tony. You can always reach out to me through that. Oh, God. Sorry. You made it sound like some sort of fiddle devil came down to Georgia sort of stuff there, but... Um, eclectic gamers podcast at gmail.com. You can always email them there. Um, I do see the pinball network at gmail.com emails as well. When I choose to look at them, <laughs> they're mostly for Zach though. So I typically no, ignore them not. if they're not from puppets here recently. Oh, I know. I want to hear the puppets. That's what I'm missing. I'm missing my puppet pals, pinball puppet pals. Oh man. If you're looking for me, you can catch me here at the pinball network at gmail.com or, uh, I've been streaming on Mondays for Monday night pinball. It's still a work in progress, still not where I want to be with it, but uh, we're we're going to try to do some creative things over there. We're still trying to talk Dennis Creasel into streaming for the Flipping Out team as well. He's still a bit apprehensive. Email the pinball network at gmail.com if you'd like to see Dennis Creasel streaming the most beautiful and brand new pinball machines from Flipping Out Pinball. And if you'd like one yourself, you can give me a call at 812-457-9711 or email me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip, the letter N, out, pinball.com or check out the website at flippingoutpinball.com. Now, I will say from a distribution standpoint, stocks are getting lower and lower. Um, some of these titles are really difficult to find. Um, check in with us to see if we have it in stock. And if not, I'll try to help point you in the right direction to uh, for a distributor that may have those. So call me. Uh, I'll, I'll help you out in any way or shape or form that I possibly can. Unless you're like, Dennis, I'm still getting people that call like, hey, I, I just bought this machine. Can you help me fix it? And I'm like, when would you buy it? Uh, about a month ago. I love your shows. Love your YouTube. Oh, thanks, no, man. Oh, they buy them from and someone like, else did, and then they call you for tech yeah. help? And I'm like, oh, where'd you awesome. buy it? And they're like, I bought it from Trent. I'm like, they fucking call Trent. <laughs> no. no, I don't. I'm like, oh, here, um, I tried this. Mm. That's funny. That is funny, though. Funny is they a good way like to. They feel they have this relationship with you, but they don't want to taint it with money. That's what it is. No. So in a way, it's quite respectful. Taint it with money. 
Yeah. My kids are hungry. Never loan friends. Your I'm going to insert music here. Your kids are probably upstairs here. right now eating all the Cheetos. No. I just have an impression. Like, you guys have a bunch of Cheetos and ketchup. <laughs> That's right. And they're just squirting them on the on the ball as they go around, fighting over I need who to, gets to I need, jump into the above ground. Oh, can, can we please, on Pinside, I know y'all mean well. I, I do. Um, oh. But can we please quit having the TPN thread being discussing quotes on <laughs> p- swimming pools? <laughs> It's like, I saw all these posts. And I was like, what controversial yeah. thing got said on final round? And I click yeah. and it's just like people giving you quotes on in. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yep. this is not. We don't know. Pool market trends. Trending up this week is the price of these expensive in-ground pools. Woo. <laughs> Have you quoted your contract of concrete work? Is it stamp? Huh? Is it rebel? What is it? What about the liner? <laughs> How often will you have to replace it? Yeah, you're going to roll it out yourself. You're going to have an automatic one. The choice is yours, but there's only one correct answer. No, yeah, it has. It has. I love that uh, it's very, very natural and open that thread is. I like that. Also, you can check us out on Straight Down the Middle of Pinball Show, sdtmpinball at gmail.com if you want to email us. We have a new quarantined uh, episode that's coming out that we did Skype. And we actually, so here's the episode. I think it's 108. Um, it is using the metrics and system created by Dennis Creasel from the Eclectic Gamers podcast. We go back through the vault of reviews that we have done and we recalculated every single previous oh, reviewed game. Oh yeah, that's into, right. You still have the old yep, score into the this. new weighted system. So now at the end of that episode, when you see that list, they are all equally weighted. We also took the time to do some little uh, nips and tucks on uh, some of the upgrades or on some of the reviews and changes. Upgr- and I'll let you know that there we go. Great inflation has happened. Yeah, we just we nip Sorry. and tuck a little bit here to you know this one I d- I'm not as hot on anymore. This one has grown into something I love. You got to keep them updated, and we're gonna have that formulated and up on a website for you to submit your own using your own weighted scores, but to have a database of different reviews. So that is coming very soon be on the lookout for that all right everybody for dennis creasel i'm zach Minnie. yeah everyone have a good liver have a great kidney <laughs> have a nice <laughs> night and if not we will have to wait and see <laughs> and always practice safe pinball and cranky up so long everybody fedex lady she always says on my voicemail when i got games there Come get you some. <laughs> when I go in there, I always mess with her. I'm like, what up? Get you some? And she's like, I bet you would like to get you some. I'm like, easy there, tiger. And then you squeezed her mom's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I got the black lung pop. <laughs> I do put ketchup on my meatloaf. Well, that's standard. Oh, why not mustard? <laughs> well, mustard sometimes I think might get mixed into the the meat blend, but they don't put it on top. I don't think. Maybe someone else. Keep your filthy mustard out of my meatloaf, thank why you. Why do you hate? Why do you hate flavor? No mustard. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like sweet pickles either. Yeah. Well, no, sweet pickles are gross, but they don't taste anything like mustard. No, but they still got that. Ugh. I like dill pickles, but yes. only if they're the midgets. I don't like a big pickle. I don't want to stick a big pickle in my mouth, and I don't like a sliced pickle. Uh, they creep me out because they're like crinkle cut. I don't like those. Those are weird. Um, mm. It has to be like a midget. It's got to be a little one I can stick in my mouth. It's very particular. Very particular. Forever, like. And you'll never 
<laughs> you only want the baby carrot pickles. That's right. Yeah. I think big carrots freak me out too. Just give me the little snackable ones. I once, years ago, I brought a bag of just regular carrots to work, mm-hmm. and someone laughed at me watching me eat the carrot. Why? It was I like just... a big one? Yeah, Did it, it was. Did greenery hanging off of it, too? Like a... Well, yeah, but I had the butt part wrapped up in a paper towel. You couldn't see the green part. Because oh, okay. I don't like... Because I was washing before I eat. Yeah, of course. And I don't like the water running down my hands. And they just... I they, She was just laughing. I said, what is so funny? And she goes, you just look like like a ridiculous Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so I just closed my office door. I want to see you on a centerfold just snapping that carrot with that juice <laughs> running down your chest. <laughs> oh, uh, you mean you're in your Jurassic Park pose? That's right. With the carrot. Yeah, that's right. With the carrot, carrot juice just, gushing all over. Well, yeah, you got to, you know, uh, trace it around your lips first. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you got a purdy mouth there, style. Oops, sorry, I got a motorcycle going by. So. No, you're fine. Sound like a hog. Harley. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sounds like someone doesn't have a muffler. Where's your social distancing, dick? forever and you'll never be back.